Welcome to Beyond the Label podcast by the Blue Journal, where we are not defined by labels or society. Prepare to be inspired by guests who went on a non-traditional path, career choices, living abroad, relationships, self-exploration, and more. This is a safe space to be yourself unapologetically, with no limits to what we can achieve. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at the Blue Journal to get your daily dose of self-love. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Beyond the Label. This is Leanne, your host, and today I am so honored to introduce Mooney Chu, a Hong Kong team fencer and bronze medalist in the Asian Games. Hi, everyone. Hi, Mooney. So, can you tell us more about why you started fencing? Was it like a school thing, or and just like how you get started? So, when I was eight years old, I actually saw this movie called The Parents Trap, and it's a Lindsay Lohan movie where she's separated at birth with her twin, and they reunite at a summer camp. And how she met her twin was through fencing. And when she took off her mask, she actually saw this other girl who looked exactly like her. So that was me when I was eight years old. And my mom enrolled me into a summer camp, and I've been fencing ever since. So that's been seventeen years of fencing. Oh wow, seventeen <laughs> years of fencing. So you actually just like ask your mom if you can start this as a hobby, right? Yeah, so she enrolled me into the summer camp, and I started, and I was actually really good, and I beat all of the boys. I think it's because、um, when you're at that age, girls tend to mature a little bit faster, and they're able to understand instructions a bit better. So I was beating all the boys in my class, and I just kind of stuck with it、um, throughout primary school. I won my first ever competition that I participated in, and. Yeah, I've just been doing it throughout high school, uni, and until now. Oh wow! So that's a really long journey from when you started off as a kid, and now you're a professional fencer. So, what made you want to pursue fencing as a professional career? And were there any turning points or things that happened that made you make this decision? So, because I've been fencing throughout my whole academic. Career, I feel like I was never able to dedicate my time fully into my sport. I'm always traveling, but I'm also trying to finish my homework at the same time. I have to go to school, and I miss practice. So, I think by the end of my last year of university, I decided that do a deferral. So this means I'm going to graduate a bit later, and I'll become a full-time athlete. So this way, I can really fully dedicate myself in training and. Competition, and I just wanted to see how far I could go. And at that time, it was, I think, it was the year 2017 when I became a professional, and 2018 was the Asian Games, and it made sense because 2020 was the Olympics. So、um, I just wanted to see if I could qualify and see how far I could go. So wow, being athlete is not exactly a conventional path. And were there times when you had doubts about it, or encountered people who challenged you? I think as I became a professional athlete, it naturally brought more spotlight to me as an individual. I feel like everyone wants to know what you're doing. The media wants to keep up on you and your results. And being a female athlete, I think that's especially tough because sometimes there are some people that like to focus on your appearance rather than your performance. 
some bad experiences I've had with that was that there was a time where I was posting a lot of lifestyle photos on my Instagram. And because I was someone that was kind of in the spotlight, there were articles written about me that was purely about my body parts. <laughs> the title would be nothing about fencing. No, they, they actually threw in the word fencing, but it was something about like, you know, this fencing girl has a really big, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So that article was that really made me reflect on who I am as a female athlete. And when someone kind of takes away your own narrative away from you and sexualize your being without you ever intending to do so, you feel really powerless and violated. And yeah, so that was one of the major obstacles that I had to deal with. Even in the media, I feel like whenever a female athlete does well, they tend to write about what they look like. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the newspapers, the articles. And I think a lot of people also have an idea of what you should look like as an athlete, whether it be, oh, you should be more muscular, you should be less muscular, uh, your legs are so big, um, your legs are too small, why are you posting bikini photos? Why are you not posting photos? Are you training? Are you not training? So these are the kind of things that I have to deal with on a daily basis. And yeah, it's a really long journey to kind of <laughs> accept that process. And it's really tough. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I had no idea that like just being an athlete, you're criticized on so many levels, like other than your athletic skills. And oh, wow, that must be really tough. So how do you overcome it and like empower yourself in the process? It was definitely a very tough journey to overcome that kind of, I would call it a scandal, <laughs> the article scandal. <laughs> I think how I first dealt with it was not very healthy. So I actually stopped posting a lot of photos of my body. So I was always covered up because I just felt really scared that people would see a photo of me wearing something and they would write something about me. So I felt like I didn't have ownership of how I want to portray my body. And I did that for a while, but I was really unhappy because as also an influencer, there are certain things that I would like to post. So I kind of thought about it. And I think that if I actually end up changing what I do because of what these people are saying, I'm actually giving them more power over me. And how I overcame it was I started, you know, focusing more on myself, yeah. took care of my body, because I think if you don't take care of your body, you don't really see the value of your own body, you can't appreciate it. And um, you're also more confident about your own body image if you start taking care of your body. And I think nourishing your mind is really important. I think it's important if you surround yourself with people who are supportive. Uh, they respect you and your body image. So my friends and family are really positive about everything I do. That's really important. And also ignore what other people have to say. <laughs> yeah, just ignore what people have to say. And if you really feel the need to, I think it's important to learn how to draw healthy boundaries when people, um, if, if you feel like people are disrespecting your body image. Yeah. Sometimes people don't intend to do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So friends and family sometimes would say something that, you know, kind of makes you feel uncomfortable and they don't do it with bad intentions, but it's important for yourself to be there for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Be there for yourself. Um, draw those healthy boundaries and voice how you truly feel about it. 
And that's really how I overcame it. And now I'm back to posting whatever I want <laughs> as evident. Yeah. yeah, I don't really care. I try, try to ignore all the comments I get. And I try to ignore what people tell me, like, how I should look like. Yeah. yeah. So I hear that you've come a long way to, like, the self-empowering journey. And I think your friends and family also play a really big part in this, right? Were they ever, like, worried about you or wanted you to, like, do something else? Like, does this ever happen? Or, yeah, just how do your fans and family react to comments that attacked you? Yeah, they were really supportive. I, well, actually, I didn't tell my parents because <laughs> I didn't tell my parents because I didn't want them to like worry about me. I think no, I think my friends supported me the most because they know how hard it is on me, and yeah. especially you know that stuff that happened on the internet—it's cyberbullying, right? Yeah. So my friends were there for me, and when I was trying to like keep it down low for a while they were telling me oh everything's gonna be okay just ignore what everyone has to say so yeah that's really important about the part where you have to nourish your mind yeah. um, I think who you surround yourself with they naturally influence how you think yeah. whether you like it or not so it's important to have a good um, community around you yeah. so on this topic um, do you have any advice to give to girls who are also like facing cyberbullying or having people criticize about their body image because I think for like social media and Instagram this is happening on a daily basis and it's become so normalized which it shouldn't be so and I think a lot of girls are struggling with like how to respond to that and like do I reply to my haters or just ignore them like who can I turn to when I face these issues do you have any advice on that? So how I overcame cyberbullying was First, you have to have good people around you who support you and they remind you of what's the most important and they remind you to kind of ignore the haters. Mm -hmm. And secondly, I really spent time to work on myself in that period because I think for you to withstand other people's criticism, you have to be really confident yeah. in yourself and really hold your ground when people are saying things that aren't true about you or just making really unreasonable comments. So I think those two are really important. Just working more on yourself, devoting more time. And I think just working on yourself will allow you to love yourself even more. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about self-love. And when you love yourself to that point, a lot of other things that people say wouldn't really matter anymore. Yeah, that's how I overcame it. <laughs> self-love. <laughs> that's actually really great advice. Yeah, like... When you love yourself enough, like all the confidence that like, comes from within mm -hmm. instead of like from other people's like comments or appraisals. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of self-love, can you tell us something that you love about yourself? This is like a must answer question <laughs> for all the guests on this podcast. <laughs> I think I like that I'm strong, like physically yeah. and mentally and a lot of times when people talk about this, I think about my legs. So when I was growing up, I've always had a lot, a lot of body image issues about my thighs. Because as a fencer, obviously, our thighs are going to be really big. And as I was growing up, I get a lot of comments about, oh, why are your legs so big? Like, why are your thighs so big? Are you even a girl? Your legs are, are bigger than the guy's legs. So this, like, my thighs has been the symbol of self-acceptance mm -hmm. as I was growing up and 
now I can see, you know, what my strong legs can do for me. Yeah. You know, they, they take me to competition. Oh. Uh, you know, they uh, help me through competition. Even when they cramp up, you know, yeah. they still try to withstand. They withstand the training. They bring me to different places. So now I see them not as a symbol of shame, whereas they're, you know, they're like the pillars of my body. So, yeah, I love myself for being strong. Our last question would be, do you have any advice for girls who are interested to pursue sports professionally? Like, where can they start? Are there any information they can look on? Or like, how can they prep themselves emotionally and physically? I think one thing that I wish I knew when I became a professional fencer was that it's really difficult when you change a hobby into your career. Yeah, that's one thing I wish someone told me. Uh, it really changes your mindset. And to get through it, I think I had to remind myself constantly why I love my sport. As you know, you're going through a lot of grueling training, you tend to forget that. So yeah. for the first year of being professional, I really hated it. I was having a really tough time adjusting. And I think one thing that really helped me was reminding myself why I love my sport. So for girls who want to um, become a professional athlete, I think you should keep this in mind that you need to remember why you love what you're doing, as with many things. Also, it's important to listen to your body and learn when to take a break. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times we tend to overwork ourselves. And that was also a problem I had, and I didn't know how to listen to my body. So my body would shut down on me. So you really need to love your body in order to keep moving forward. So that's one thing that I want everyone to remember. That is amazing. We are so happy um, to hear everything that you shared with us. So hope to see you soon and good luck on your fencing journey. And we wish you all the best. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Label. Don't forget to subscribe and to follow our Instagram at The Blue Journal for your daily dose of self-love.